Welcome to Two Brothers and Their Sports. Thank you guys so much for listening, watching, viewing, and subscribing. Today on the show, we have a lot to talk about. I'm one of your co-hosts, Arav. And I'm your other co-host, Arav. And as you can see, we are both finally back in the same location. We're going to start off by talking about the best NFL free agents. We're going to recap some of the signings already and where we think the rest, the best players, the best of the rest, I should say, are going to sign. We're also going to talk about John Morant, the whole situation off the basketball court regarding him and how we think that might be affecting his play. But let's start off with the biggest free agents that have already signed. And I think the biggest one that we have to talk about, well, not the biggest one, but one of the biggest at the quarterback position is Derek, Derek Carr, Carr signing with the New Orleans Saints. Arsh, what do you think about this? Yeah, this is really, really great for the Saints. I like Derek Carr. I think his stock has been a little bit overrated after the Pro Bowl, after the precision passing. But I do like him. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. He does need a lot of help. And I think that Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara can provide a little bit of that to him. I don't think... Well, don't include Alvin Kamara yet. Well... Don't don't include him yet. Maybe. Maybe Alvin Kamara. Or whoever whoever that team can muster up. And they have the draft left. But the problem is... I mean, the Raiders had Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, who's very underrated. And then Devonta Adams... And Josh Jacobs, the number one running back this year. And if he played bad in that, you think he's going to play good That's in the worst the offense? That's the problem. So what I'm saying is, I think he's being a little bit overvalued here. I do not think that he is going to play amazing. Don't think he'll get him to the playoffs. But he will definitely be a solid quarterback. A Geno Smith, but not getting him to the playoffs type guy, in my opinion. Okay, I really dislike this move. Well, I don't dislike this move because now you have the best quarterback in the NFC South. Wow, big deal. Derek Carr is the best quarterback in the NFC South. But I've not, always not said long. Derek Panthers, Carr. They're coming for that pick. They're coming in the draft. I don't think so. They just drafted Matt Corral last year too. But anyway, I think Derek Carr was dramatically overrated in the on the Raiders two years ago was when this all started. He had a pretty good season last two years ago and was very overhyped. Last year, he had some mental health issues, so I'm not going to hold that against him. But strictly on the field, he was playing with guys like Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing. Devontae Adams, who was Arguably an amazing signing. One. I would say number one wide receiver. Actually, not number one. I'd say top two wide receiver in the NFL. Then you have Darren Waller, top five tight end, although he was injured he's for been, some of the year. He's been one and, and two some of the past exactly. five years. And a pretty good defense with Max Crosby headlining that defense. So look, if you don't perform on that, how are you going to perform on a team that just lost Sean Payton, a team that really has does not have that great that great weapons? Michael Thomas may not be back. He may be traded. We don't know. Chris Olave is their number one wide receiver. That's not bad, though. That's a good thing for Derek Carr, building a Rappaport with a with a second-year wide receiver. Is it really, though, after you, after you just had Devontae Adams okay, well, and Hunter That's Renfro? the problem, too. Remember, and I think it's hilarious how Devontae Adams went to play with his Fresno State uh, quarterback, and then his Fresno State quarterback just got traded. Or got, I guess it was free agency. Yeah. But look, Derek Carr is drastically overrated. He's been overrated for the past few years. This is an okay signing for the Saints. I think they will make the playoffs just because, who are the other quarterbacks? Blaine Gabber or Kyle Trask? Matt Corral? Who else is it? I can't remember the last team in that division. But Derek Carr is surely better than them too. And that's why he's going to make the playoffs. But Otherwise, no, this is not an amazing signing. This does not put them over the top, especially with the quarterback. And now Danny Dimes, the next guy, he got a huge deal. Arsh, what do you think about this as a Duke quarterback? As a Duke fan, what do you think about this, a Duke quarterback securing the bag? 
Yeah, I love Daniel Jones. He went to Duke, obviously. We met uh, him. Yeah, we saw him at a Nike store. I don't know if we've told this story, but we saw him at a Nike store in New York just walking around. The week after the he Nike got drafted, store. yeah. Yeah, so not many people recognized him, but obviously coming from Duke, we knew who he was. Yeah. We knew that after getting drafted that high, we knew exactly what he looked like, who he was. And so we saw him that day. And ever since, for both of us, we've loved him. However, even at Duke, we were at that Miami Miracle game. You, that I don't wasn't, know if you that wasn't that. supposed to be a Miami Miracle because his knee touched exactly. down. But, but if you guys don't know what that is, that. that was a game on um, on Halloween Day. They had a Halloween parade on the field during halftime, but it was Miami versus Duke. And Duke had a pretty good year that year. Daniel, Daniel Jones was a very good quarterback, and he put Duke over the top in the last few seconds. Duke kicked off, and then there was a lateral touchdown by Miami. So that was, that was yeah. such a Terrible Duke was losing Duke by, fans. I think, three touchdowns, maybe with five and minutes Daniel left. And Daniel Jones brought them back on a QB sneak, I specifically remember. Brought them back, and we left the game early, too. That's the that's the funny part. We left the game early because supposedly Duke wasn't going to win, so we left and tried to beat out the traffic. And we hear on the radio some people that were listening outside the stadium that Duke just scored their final touchdown. And when we're driving back, I'm, I'm just like, well, let me just check the score. And we look at the highlights, and we see... Miami won. And now it's called one of the greatest plays in college football history. That should not have happened. It should never have happened. After, a couple of days after, one yeah. of the refs... The refs got... The whole refereeing team Yeah, got they got suspended. suspended yeah. Because one of the guy's knees, who yeah. touched the ball, had his knee down when he was holding it. But, but anyway, anyway, go back yeah. to the deal. Yeah. Anyway, Daniel Jones loved him ever since he came to Duke. And I think he's a great quarterback. But he's, he th- threw 16 touchdowns in 17 games. How much money did he get? Oh, I think 40, $40 million a year. $40, 40 million, million a year. a year for a good amount of years. That is astonishing to me. At this point, it would be so easy for them to go and draft a quarterback. This guy is being wildly overrated. This is one of the craziest deals in NFL history. Forty million okay. for a quarterback that's well, sixteen well, well. Okay. in seventeen. Well, games. I think that Daniel Jones. Look, I think the thing is Daniel Jones is not a bad quarterback. He's definitely He's an not above good. average quarterback. He is most. He had not over a thousand yards rushing as a quarterback. And think about it. Like if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, Eli Manning was a guy there the whole time, a pocket passer. They never found their quarterback until Daniel Jones drafted him sixth overall, I believe it was in the two thousand. What was it? Two thousand eighteen, seventeen, something, something like that. that. NFL draft, he gets drafted, he never had a good coach, gets Brian Dable, and in his first year, Brian Dable had a competition between him and Tyrod Taylor, and Daniel Jones wins it in his first year with a head coach, and he has over a 1,000 yards and an amazing passing season in, amazing terms, of, passing. in, terms, in terms of what his team needed him to do. I disagree so completely. I think, I think that this was a good deal for Daniel Jones. The problem is how much he was requesting. It was absurd. This guy was requesting $45 million. That's being paid more than Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson on the tag. That's being paid as much as Patrick Mahomes without the incentives. That's even 40, ass, that's even literally, 40 of that. That's literally crazy. crazy. I would pay this guy... 20, I'd pay 35 at mo- at least. I would play 20, 25 million tops. If he doesn't take 25, I'm signing another quarterback or drafting one. That will be well, just think, as good with this well, team. I think Brian Dable doesn't want to develop a quarterback is the thing. And he just had such, such a successful year, winning coach of the year. So I think it's just in his best interest to keep Daniel Jones. And now let's move on to the three quarterbacks. I mean, three, three running backs all got tagged. 
Pollard, Josh Jacobs, and Saquon Barkley. I th- I'll start with Pollard. I think this was a great deal keeping the Cowboys running back, keeping him after he broke his fibula in the playoff game against 49ers. I think it's great keeping him on the roster. He was a top, on PFF ranked him as a number three running back in the NFL this year. He was definitely a top 10 running back. And even if you don't think he's as good as Ezekiel Elliott, which I disagree with, but even if you think he's not, he's a key part of that team. You can swing him out. He had that 70 or 60 yard touchdown catch against the Vikings and they dominated the Vikings 40 to 3. Look, he is the he is he has turned into the thunder and Tony Paul I mean and Zeke has turned into the lightning. Pa- Pollard has overtaken Zeke. Other Zeke's way been, around. Other oh, way sorry, around. but Pollard has overtaken Zeke. Pollard is going to get more opportunities and Zeke's going to be seeding more and more to Pollard. It's a great job by the Cowboys keeping him under under their roster. Yeah, I think this is not a bad move for the Cowboys. But after this, I don't think Pollard is going to want to re-sign. The franchise tag is going to get too expensive, and he's going to walk. He's going to get a lot of better he's opportunities. He's going to walk after this? I, I believe so. You think the Cowboys won't pay him, The though? Cowboys, I think they, they might, but the problem is Ezekiel Elliott. They, Jerry Jones, and Mike McCarthy still are trying to work out a way to be able to get, to be able to get Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard splitting, or at least a lot more. Because we know Jerry Jones loves him. Right. That's the, the problem. problem. Is Tony Pollard should be a starter in this league. He should be an Austin Eckler type guy. You didn't see any Joshua Kelly this year. You didn't see any of Xander Horvath. You saw very little. Pollard is a true three-down back. A true three-down back. And he has a good amount of power, too. Nothing like Zeke's, but he has a pretty good amount. The point, in my opinion, is great for the Cowboys for one year, but after this, it's going to get too expensive, yeah. and I think he will walk. And then talking about Josh Jacobs quickly, yeah. I don't really know what's going on. I don't think there's much news between him and the Raiders organization. If they're on a good relationship, I think he can end up signing a long-term deal with th- this team, be able to be the number one for a long, long time now. And I think he's very he's, he's an amazing running back. Very, very good. Do I think he'll produce like he did this year? Most definitely not. Kind of like a Jonathan Taylor case. We knew he was pretty good. We didn't know he'd be this good, and he won't be this good next year. Look, I think that I think Josh Jacobs. It's a great, great job securing the bag for him. I think that was an outlier year. The past two years, he has not really been that great. If you look at it statistically, he just had a good year last year, and I think a big part of that was Devonte Adams. Year last yeah, year. was Devonte Adams being there? Now they don't really have a quarterback. They're thinking about re-signing Jarrett Stidham. And I think that maybe drafting, trading up, that would be a real. uh, Yeah, I predicted that. I predicted them taking C.J. Stroud. So maybe, but Josh Jacobs, that was an outlier year. I think he's. I don't think he's going to be. I think he's going to be paid after this by the Raiders, but I don't think he's going to stay under the tag, and I don't think he deserves as much money as he's going to get. And quickly, Saquon Barkley, we know Daniel Jones got, got tagged, so they're, I mean, got the deal, so they're probably going to tag Saquon, So or they did actually. So I think that's good, keeping the Giants keeping him. Now let's get on to some of the bigger deals. Lamar Jackson signed a non-exclusive franchise tag, meaning that he can still talk to teams, but four teams that were that were scheduled to meet with him already have said they're not pursuing him this offseason. Arsh, why do you think that is? I have I, I don't know if he's asking for a crazy amount of money, if he just doesn't fit with a lot of those offenses. You see some of those offenses don't have the kind of run-heavy quarterback running offense that the, the Ravens ran with Harbaugh there. He was an amazing offensive mind, and they'd run a lot of QB sneaks, lots of QB, uh, lots of different options, yeah. RPOs. It's designed know, around him. Right, and I don't know if a lot of teams are up for that. I don't know if he's asking for a lot of money, but I did do you think call... He des- I think he deserved that money, though. I do, and I did call a tag and trade, 
And I think I called that before this trade happened, the tag happened. And I think there will be a tag and trade. What I'd really, really love to see is a tag and trade on draft day. But if that ended up ha- yeah, happening, then crazy. it would probably happen for the number one, maybe number two overall pick. Probably not number two, but definitely no, number definitely one. definitely not that high. Definitely De- not that high. I disagree. I think number one is Lamar Jackson. He is worth well, because, two number one Because the, the overall Oh, picks. I really disagree. But think about it. The non-exclusive tag, if you, if you sign a player away, the team has an option to match. But also, I mean, the team does not have an option to match. But you also, when you sign a player, you give up two first-round picks. So you're automatically giving up those players, those picks anyway if you sign Lamar. So I think that's the reason the four teams are out. We, they know that Lamar Jackson, he already took, he's taken on this big contract. They're going to have to sign him next offseason. And they're going to have to give up two first-round picks for a guy that has been great, but has he's never reached his full potential yet. And teams don't really know what his full potential will be. So I think that's the biggest thing why teams aren't signing him. Next up, Aaron Rodgers. We learned this week that Jets officials, GM, head coach, and offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, who was very close with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, all flew out to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers. Do you think he's going to become a Jet? That would be amazing. I would love to see him on that Jets offense. And with that Jets defense behind him, backing him up, I think that would be a great pairing. Although, I don't know how they're going to make it happen. I don't know if it's going to happen from draft capital because it is going to take a lot for the Packers to be trading away Aaron Rodgers or if it's going to happen with great young players. And we saw they have a great defensive line. They've got Garrett Wilson there. They've got uh, Mekhi Becton there and a great offensive line. And obviously their defensive Quinn back Williams duo too. Yeah, and they defensive just, back know, duo yeah. might be the best in the NFL with Sauce Gardner and with DJ uh, Reed, Michael Carter, all but all of them. Yeah, that that trio might be the best trio of d- defensive backs in the NFL. Michael Carter from Duke, by the way. So yeah. not not the UNC Running one. Back, it was yeah. actually pretty good. And then it it just switched. It just flip flopped with which Michael Carter was succeeding on yeah. the Jets. But anyway, amazing team. Don't know how they'd make it happen, but I would most definitely love to see that happen. Yeah. I think experts and. Just normal fans, everyone alike would love to see it. And I know me as a fan, I would love to see that happen. Yeah, I think it would be such a good thing for New York having a guy like Aaron Rodgers there. And they have the cap space. They have a bunch of guys on rookie deals. And historically, teams have been the best when a quarterback's on the rookie deal or the rest of the team is young and then they're they're not paying as much for them. And they can get pay for a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's making $50 million a year. Now, the problem is what they're going to have to trade. They're surely going to have to trade a bunch of draft picks, probably Zach Wilson, and probably a lot of their future as well. So I think that's the biggest problem. But you said it perfectly. For all sports fans, if you're a sports fan, if you're an NFL fan, you want this trade to happen because Aaron Rodgers, I think he would fit there. I think he would perform well there, and I think the team around him would perform really well in it. It would just get rid of all aspects of, oh, the Jets are a really bad team. It'd completely get rid of that because they'd be a good team for once. <laughs> for once. Um, I th- And then also, Geno Smith got the deal. We know about that. Obviously, great thing keeping him around. They're still talking about drafting a quarterback at number five, which is insane to me. You cannot be drafting a quarterback after you were tanking and you had a you have the number five overall pick from Denver. And you just signed a guy who waited his turn, and you're just going to replace him? Like, I'm how actually, ruthless is that? I'm actually fine with them drafting if they didn't sign him to this deal, they paid him okay, a yeah, that's boatload true. of money. There is absolutely no way that they're making this yeah. a QB controversy. They might say that. They can say that all they want. But if they do that, they are 
absolutely crazy. Yeah, that would be insane. Maybe in a good way. We saw that happen with Troy Aikman where the supplementary draft, they had the, the Cowboys had the number one pick, and in the normal draft, they took Troy Aikman and another QB, pit them against each other in the same year, unheard of, absolutely crazy, and it worked. So it might work here, but I do not think that's going to happen. Yep. Geno Smith got played, paid a boatload of money, and teams will know that they have to trade him if they have a quarterback controversy and the rookie yep. quarterback ends up winning it, and therefore they will not get a lot for him. If anything, they'll be and they'll end up in that situation paying that money. And I know the Seahawks organization is thinking about that alternative. Absolutely no way that they draft a quarterback. All right, now let's move on to John Moran, and we off the field. He's been a mess. I don't. Re- I really don't know what's going on with him. I hope he can get better because look, John Morant. The fact of the matter is, John Morant is an amazing player in the NBA. He's the one. I would say. I would say he's the best young player in the NBA. He's been taking the league by storm. He's had an amazing year, but for some reason, he's found an association, or he's trying to create an association with something that he's not. He was raised in a stable household. He was raised by a parent who a parents who were really caring for him. He cares for his parents as well, as shown when he bought a house right next to them and gave them his old house in an expensive neighborhood. He's gave back to them. He's T Grizzlies always by the sidelines whenever the Grizzlies are playing. So John Morant is has a stable relationship. He has a daughter. He's really a he's been a great person. But this year, it seems like he's heading a little bit off track. And I really hope that John Moran's able to correct this. I hope that he's able to find a, find a fix for these situations because the fact of the matter is John Moran is not a, this type of guy. And you guys know what I mean when I say this type of guy. I'm not going to get into it. But John Moran, is a, he's a better person than he's acting right now. He's trying to trying to associate himself he's turning his own teammates on the grizzlies against him and what and and because of what he's doing and his allegations have been crazy but on the field i mean on the court i love who john moran is i love exactly what he embodies and i love what he brings to the nba but off the field i really hope he gets things figured out because he's such a great player and we need him in this league yeah, like you said, on the court, love his game, love everything about him. I know he's, you've he's loved great, him for a very long time. He's a great underdog. I think he's only 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and he makes those crazy dunks. He makes those crazy athletic plays. But off the court, like you said, his mind isn't in the right place right now. He's not doing the right things, and he's heading down the wrong track. Being an NBA superstar is going to be really tough, and it's going to be mean that you get famous. You can do anything off the court, and you'll be recognized so you've got to be You'll be under scrutiny too no matter right. what you do you've got to be on the top of your game and so many pro athletes have talked about this especially as a pro athlete you need to be a role model and you need to be on top of your game and at this point john Morant isn't he has not been super serious about what he's doing off the court and what that's going to mean and we've seen he's been suspended he's he's trying to fix this but the problem is He's just got to get his stuff right. He's got to get his mind right. He's got to focus on yeah. basketball. He's got an amazing opportunity to play in the National Basketball Association. He's got an amazing opportunity, and he he's making he's making a quarter of a billion dollars to play basketball. He's on, a, he's on the biggest contract you can possibly be on a max. So contract. you could say that you can't give him this pressure. You can't do this to him. He can do whatever he wants. But when he's getting paid half a, a quarter of a billion dollars to play a game that we'd all love, to, so many people would love to be taking a spot, 
at that point, you're going to be under scrutiny, and you're going to need to be able to make the right choices off the court. Yeah. And right now, this season, John Morant hasn't. I do think he is learning his lesson. He's learning what's going to happen if he does not follow the rules that have been set by the National Basketball Association, by the fans and the guidelines and expectations. I think that he is learning, and I think it will make a difference. But right now, he's in a very sticky situation in all the things that have been happening with him off the court. And I hope that he can get it figured out because I want to see him back in the court. I want to see that John Morant that plays basketball. I don't want to look in the news and see John Morant for non-related basketball issues and different just types of trouble that he's getting into for doing stuff off the court. I want to see yeah. the John Morant posterizing Jaka Pertle twice, three times across his career. I mean, that was crazy. Yeah. The fact that he's making those plays, that kid is something special. So I want to see that John Morant. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a big part of this, and we've heard this from our interviewees too, every time we do an interview, or most of the time, we ask about mental health. And we ask about that a lot. And uh, the late Dr. Greg Dale, unfortunately, he passed earlier this year. Um, but he was a, uh, the, a physician at Duke University. He worked with a bunch of the Duke athletes. And he said that mental health is more important than physical health. And we know John Morant has been physically strong He's been a guy that's been a role model in the weight room. But off the field, you've got to have strong mental health. You've got to be a guy that's able to sustain what the media is saying. You've got to be a guy that doesn't fall into trouble. John Morant has to learn that. He has to learn to increase his mental health, his mental awareness, his mental strength, so that he's not affected by what's happening around him. And I really don't know where this came from. I really hope that this doesn't continue. But like you said, I want to see John Morant on the court. And I want to see a John Morant that comes back even stronger than he was before. I want to see a John Morant that is mentally strong and physically strong, able to withstand everything, able to withstand trash talk, able to withstand his surroundings, able to withstand his haters, no matter what. I want to see an NBA superstar who knows how to handle pressure. And that starts with mental health and mental strength. So hopefully John Morant can learn that. Hopefully he comes back stronger because we need him in this league, like I said. And he's a key part of the young development, young players in this league.